Welcome. This is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. We want to thank you for taking time to listen to our Sun, Salt, and Light broadcast. We want you to know and grow in the Son, S-O-N, Jesus Christ, and be the salt and the light. We'd like to thank you so much for taking time to listen to this broadcast. We simply teach the Bible verse by verse and chapter by chapter, and we believe that God changes a life one verse at a time. I'd like to personally invite you out to come and see the church. Uh, it is a very casual atmosphere, and uh, but we do take the Word of God very seriously. We meet in a non-traditional church building. We actually meet at the BFW 3966 in Divine, Texas. It's located at 211 West College Avenue, big white building right next to the post office. Our service times are on Sunday when we go through the New Testament uh, at 10 a.m. And then on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. we go through the Old Testament. Uh, We have children's ministry available for both services. And if you need to get more information on the church, you can go to calvarydivine.org. Today, if you have your Bible open, we'll be in our verse-by-verse study as we continue Advent. We'll be in the book of John, chapter 1, verse 14. The title of this sermon is, And the Word Became Flesh. Here's the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. The Word becomes flesh and dwells with us in Luke chapter 2, verses 8. It says, and they, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And then the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people for unto uh, unto you is born this day in the city of david a savior who is christ the lord and this will be a sign for you and you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger i love that because the word becomes flesh and the shepherds get notified and the shepherds would have been the lowliest lowliest people in the right they I've told y'all this before. The shepherds couldn't even testify in court. They wouldn't let them. You think about today. You think that 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 the announcement would come and who it would come to, and and it comes to the shepherds. And the shepherds would have understood the 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 care of a newborn lamb, and that the lamb should be without spot or blemish. They were taking care of the temple lambs for sacrifice. And they're the ones who get the announcement. And we know in Revelation chapter 5, verse 12, it says, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessings. The Lamb of God who is perfect, who took away the sins of this world for us, who died on the cross for us. I love it in Luke chapter 2, verse 13, it says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace among those with you whom is, whom is pleased. It's funny, for some reason, everybody wants peace during Christmas time. You should want that every day of the year because God has called you to be peacemakers. It's, it's, we got to get away from the fighting. We gotta, I've told you all this, and I'm, I'm dead serious about this because I've seen it on both sides. We're, the church is not here to, to, to turn out Republicans and Democrats. That's not what the church is for. The church is here to, to point people to Jesus and, and to, to see people come to faith and then come alongside them and disciple them and then send them back out. That's what our responsibility is. Right now, I don't see too many people that are trying to be peacemakers. Everybody wants to argue about everything. 
Lord have mercy. They argue about everything. Everything. Let, it be, let you be known to be a peacemaker. That's what God's called us to be. And, and, and guess what? There's going to be times where you, there's just not going to be any peace. But you continue to be the peacemaker. In John 14, 27, it says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Let me tell you, the, the world has a lot of things that will trouble you. And if you focus on them, it'll even make it worse for you, and you'll have no peace. A lot of people lost their peace over the last three years. Between elections, between pandemics, between social problems and riots, and we just saw, like, People are just freaking out. And, and for us in the church, we, we have the peace of God. We have the peace of God. And, and we, should, we should be understanding that uh, with that peace, that, that through God's will, it's like we're, we're, at the end of the day, we need to understand that, that there's an opportunity for us to be those peacemakers. But you have to have peace first. So if you don't have it, how are you supposed to be a peacemaker with somebody else? Right? Somebody's at work and they're getting on your nerves. You need to sit down with them and say, hey, bro, is there something going on? Have I done something to step on your toes? Right? Because, man, we, we just aren't on the same page. And we need to get on the same page. And sometimes, you, you know what it may end up being? Something's going on at the house. or Somebody's sick. Or somebody's passed away. And they don't know how to express what's going on because they don't have a relationship with Christ. But you do. But if you're going to sit and argue with them and get mad at them and start throwing wrenches and stuff, <laughs> y'all start going at it. It's like you're not going to win anybody to the Lord that way. See, we shouldn't just seek peace during Christmas. It should be something we seek every day. Every day. Point people to, point people to Jesus. In Luke 2.15, it says, When the angels went away and from the, them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has, uh, has made known to us. This is probably one of the greatest things is to actually see somebody do something they were called to do, to do that they've been asked to do. Let's go find this baby. Let it be to me according to your word. Like we're actually going to do what, what we're being called to do. Verse 16, it says, And they went in haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Exactly the way the angels told them. Verse 17, And when they saw it, they made, no, made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. And Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in, in, in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. They saw Emmanuel, God with us, the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes in the manger of an animal trough, exactly the way that the, the angels had explained it to, for them to see. And then what happens is they leave glorifying and praising God. And then what do they do? They actually go and... They have seen it as it's been told to them. They're like, they're glorifying and praising God, and they're going to tell other people about the good news of the Messiah, the, the baby, Emmanuel, God with us. In Luke chapter 2, verse 10, it says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. The message of, of Christmas is for everyone. And it's important for us to understand that when we point 
uh, people to Christ, it's important for them to understand that it is, is for them to, uh, to, under, to, to know that these prophecies have been fulfilled, that the announcements of Christ have happened, that the birth of Christ, the Word of God, flesh, dwells with us. And it was all so He could save people from their sins. <coughs> but we also know He's a Savior full of grace and truth. In John chapter 1, verse 14, again it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we, see his, we have seen His glory, glory as, as, as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And in John chapter 8, verse 12, it says, And again Jesus spoke to them, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but I will have light of life. We follow the Lord. What you're following is the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. You're following truth. And Jesus is the, the exact representation of God's nature. Fully God, fully man. And, and to understand that, that when we look at Scripture, we know that, that, that it's the Word of God that became flesh, but we also know that it's truth. And we have seen this glory as only the Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. You know, one of the things that you need to understand is those two things go together, grace and truth. Um, one of the things you, I, I, I've shared this with you all before, it's very important to understand is that there's, there's enough grace for the journey, meaning that at some point in your life you are going to stumble and there's enough grace for the journey. You get up and repent. Christ picks you up and you get moving again. You, you just got to keep moving. The thing is, is with grace, there should be truth. Uh, again, if, if, I'm, if I understand the old me in the way I used to be, I need that grace. But I also need to know who He is, and I need to know the truth of who He is. This past Sunday, the reason why we went over all the prophecies, the reason why we talked about the 400 years of silence, is to show you how God moved through each of those empires and leaders. God can destroy America tonight it can be done and i mean if you don't think that can happen just look at the last couple of years it's been destroyed it is not the america i grew up in and i and that's because there should be a spiritual longing for us to turn back to who god this country is pulling further away from god i mean they just passed that marriage act thing and it's a it's a shame half the people in the white house are, are it's a disgrace and what I mean by that is you have people that are representing marriage that are not actually in traditional marriages the way that God calls it to be in the Bible. You have men acting as women, which goes against the Word of God. And, and the reality of it is, 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 where's the truth at? Because if I go by what God's Word says, the truth of God's Word, America's in a tailspin. I don't know how bad Sodom and Gomorrah was. But when the fact that we're actually having conver casual conversations about pedophilia, we have a major problem in our culture. When nobody sees that there's a problem with ads that are being put out with children, and there's no uproar from Washington, no uproar from our senators, our congressmen, our congresswomen, no uproar from celebrities. They want to keep taking that money in. We have a problem. We have been blinded by the devil. 
And so one of the things that's going to be very hard for you over the next probably five to ten years is for you to stand with truth. Because they don't want you to stand. Because it goes polar opposite against what their beliefs are. I'm sorry. You know, I, I, I just saw a thing the other day, and, and I, I, I've known, I remember listening to that gospel music in the 90s, and the artists are participating in a gospel conference for queens in Dallas for the LGBT community. Christian. It's a Christian conference. And it's like, what are we doing? We can't be a part of that. And yet they are because of money's good. It sends the wrong message out. It makes people question the truth because they think you're just being a dictator or you're just trying to rule over me. I'm not trying to rule over you. This is God's word. You do with it what you want. If you're going to live your life that way, then that's the choice that you've made. But you've got to allow me to live my life according to this word. And they don't want to let you do that. So even though you know the truth, that's where the grace comes in because <laughs> you have to show grace. And that's going to be hard. You're going to have to show mercy and you're going to have to show love the way that Jesus did. I love that because, you know, one of the things I want you to understand is that Jesus never left us. He gave you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit resides in you. He's like, I will never leave you or forsake you. So if you're not continually filling yourself with the Spirit, how are you going to combat this world? What do you prepare for? You see, when I read this, I, I, I go, well, we have seen His glory. Glory is only the Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. I want that for my life every day, that grace and truth. I need that. And I'm trying to be a, a, a grandfather. I'm trying to be a father. I'm trying to be a husband walking with God. And that's not an easy thing to do for us today. Because they want to chop the legs out from under us. The patriarchy of the, the, the whole thing, they, they don't want anything to do with that anymore. That's what this whole marriage act is about. And so one of the things we have to understand is like we're, we have the truth of God's word. We have the word. Jesus. We need to be bold and share it. Because guess what? There will be a lot of people that will come into church on Christmas. They'll do it for Christmas. And they need, they need Jesus. And, and we have to be bold enough to share it. When I read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, it says, When you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked following the curse of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work, the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of our body and the mind, and, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and you were raised up with Him and seated us with Him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages He might show His immeasurable riches of grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, it is the gift of God. Pilate asked the question, what is truth? You actually have the greatest gift that they could ever receive on Christmas, which is Jesus Christ. So we're going to close out here. I think one of the things that we need to remember is as we, we look at, at Christmas, as we look at the, the shepherds, and, and man, you just look at Mary and the way that she just was 
boldly saying, let it be to me according to your word. I look at my life and I think at myself at 17. <laughs> I would have been like Zacharias. Gabriel would have shut my mouth <laughs> because he would have got tired of me talking. But this young girl, let it be according to me to your word. And then the shepherds, the lowly shepherds who the religious leader would have had nothing to do with them. They get the message. Go see the baby when swaddling clothes. And then they go back and they're, they're, they're with great joy and, and they're understanding that they're glorifying and praising God because they, they, they got to see this. And it's a reminder to us that it doesn't matter who the person is, that the good news is for everyone. For everyone. And there should be an excitement for us as, as followers of Christ to share that. But will we do that? Are you willing to, to share the grace and the truth with someone? It's not easy. You know, the fun part about sharing the gospel today is everybody knows Jesus, right? You start talking to somebody and the first thing they tell you, oh, I know Jesus. But do you know Jesus? Do you actually have a relationship with Jesus? And, and that's an important thing, like for, even for us. Um, you know, one of the things I love is I, I think Pastor Skip said it a long time ago. What, what Christmas needs to be for Christians is to put Christ back in the Christian. Because there's too many Christians that are not living up to what they're supposed to be doing. Authenticity. People are watching you to see if you're really a believer or not. Does he really follow Christ? Does she really follow the Lord? And they'll watch. They want to see how you respond. They want to see how you react. We celebrate Christmas because the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And to think that right now the bridegroom is preparing for us our place in heaven. And we'll talk about that this weekend as we talk about the betrothal of, of, uh, of Joseph next week. Because it's a wonderful picture because it's a reminder that Joseph went for a year to go prepare the house for Mary. And in any moment, any moment, Joseph could have showed up and said, Mary, let's go, we're ready. She had to be ready to go at any moment. And we're supposed to be the same way at any moment. Ready for the return of Christ as He prepares places for us in heaven. We're His bride. And, and I'll be honest with you, I don't think Jesus is going to come back for His bride right now because the reason why I say that is because His bride looks beat up. Looks tore up from the floor up. The church is, is in, a, in a hurting place right now. We need to wake up. Our our. our our function is to share the gospel with people, to share the good news, to disciple people. That's what our, our function is as a church. Sun, salt, and light. Know the sun, right? Jesus, S-O-N. Grow in the sun. You're supposed to grow. Just because you've been walking with God for 20 years doesn't mean your, your, your growth of Christ stops. If it stopped and that amber is barely there, you need to ask for a fresh spirit. You need a, a fresh one of the Holy Spirit prayed over you and ask God to reignite that fire. Because I can tell you, when, before I planted the church, I felt like I was starting to hit a ceiling. And then God goes, Oh, I got something you, you ain't. You, you have, I'm just going to, just, I just peeled back just a little bit. I'm going to peel back some more now. And He keeps peeling back and I keep learning more. And I love that. Because you know the beauty of it is growing? It shows you how much He loves you. He loves you enough to, to He wants to see you grow. He's preparing you for heaven. But if you're going to be stubborn and obstinate and stay in sin, 
you you gonna don't end up like Ananias and Sapphira. <laughs> you get taken up off. God will call you home. I ain't got time for that. You want to keep going back like a dog and vomit to your sin? No, a lot of people won't tell you that. I heard Adrian Rogers teach on that. He's like, God will take you up out of this earth. He will finish the work. You're His. We need to act like it. A resurrected life is, there should be change. And, and that's really what the prayer is. As a church, that's what we're hoping to do is we want to be the sun. We want to be the salt and the light in the community. But the salt and the light starts in your marriages. It starts in your families. Because if, this church will not be healthy if there are not healthy marriages and healthy families. It doesn't mean that you go through bumps and bruises and things that you go through. But you need to have that, that healthy marriage, that healthy family. Because what happens is then you're, you're mission-minded. You can't be mission-minded if your marriage or your family's in chaos. I can't do this if my family's in a mess. I need to walk away from this. If, I, if my family's in, 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 not in order, I need to leave. It's time for me to go ahead and have somebody come and replace me because I'm doing a disservice to y'all. So when we step out to serve God, our, our, our family should be in order. That, and that goes to the men. You're the leaders of your home. God holds you responsible. And, and we need healthy marriages and healthy families. It's the funniest thing in the world. I, I didn't know, I haven't told y'all yet, but I'm teaching. Y'all are all invited, but I haven't put it in the bulletin yet. I'll hopefully get it in there. Um, but I'm teaching at a conference over here at First Baptist Divine. And they asked me to teach on parenting. And I, and I can tell you, before Christ... I was the worst parent. So I can tell you the before and after. I know that very well. I know how the devil had me as a dad. I would fly off the handle and, I mean, kids would get spanked coming and going. Even if they weren't involved. If they were near me, they got hit because they were acting up. Everybody got it. I didn't do anything. I don't care. You were in the vicinity. But as I came to know Christ, all that changed. And I started understanding the truth of God's Word and understanding what it means to actually to, to be a godly father and how I missed it. I missed it. And I did, a, man, I did some damage to my kids. Four of them, for sure. Matt grew up at five. He don't remember half the stuff. He remembers some of it, but not all of it. And, and the reality of it is, is like, you can change if you want to because God will give you the the tools to be able to do it, but that requires you to actually start working on your relationship with Christ. And so it's not my wife's fault. It's mine. It's the person, it's the person in the mirror. See, we're so busy trying to fix her or chief trying to fix me. No, it's my, I need to work on, God's working on me. I need to work on my relationship with Christ. Now you're talking about two kids that try to commit suicide and I mean, just chaos, chaos, but God, but by the grace of God in 2008, walking into a church and then finally surrendering my life on January 11th of 2009 and God changed everything and one by one, each child got saved, but that's what God does. That's what God does. Okay. So, so they asked me to take the they asked for I didn't, they didn't even ask me for a picture they just pulled a picture offline 
And it's a picture where I'm just standing there sitting and smiling. Well, she says it's a good picture. Teresa liked the Teresa took the picture. And the kids said, well, the only reason why you're happy, that was date night. That wasn't when you were at home with us. And I was like, oh, my Lord, they were teasing me. But at the end of the day, it's like they even we were even talking about it. They were like, I don't even remember like who that person was, the old person compared to this person now. And to have somebody actually look at a picture and go, that's how we know you is that and you're sitting there smiling. And I'm like, praise God, because I would rather be known for that than the way I used to be. Okay. I would like to thank you for taking time to listen to our broadcast. This is uh, Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. If you're someone like me who is uh, listens to a lot of podcasts, you can also listen to us on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Audible, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, just type in Calvary Chapel uh, Divine and you'll, you'll be able to track us down. And lastly, I just wanted to invite you out to church. Uh, we are a casual church that meets in a non-traditional building, uh, meaning that we meet at the VFW 3966 on West College Avenue, big white building right next to the, the post office. Uh, if you want to get more information about our church, if you need to ask uh, some questions or you even need prayer, just go to calvarydivine.org. And uh, we want to thank you again just for listening to this broadcast of Calvary Chapel Divine Texas, Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. God bless you. Have a good one.